welcome listeners to this week's Behind the Scenes with Latinx Lit Audio Mag. I'm your host, Teresa Douglas, and today we're talking to Natalia Figueroa Barroso, and she is an Uruguayan-Australian writer who lives in, who lives on Dura country. Natalia has appeared in Sweatshop Women, Volume 1, Racism, Stories on Fear, Hate and Bigotry, SBS Voices, Storycasters, Any Saturday 2021, Running Westward, Kindling and Sage, Between Two Worlds, The Big Issue, Puentes Review, Mianjin, and Overland. Welcome, Natalia. Welcome. Hola. How are you? Good. It's nice to have you here. I'm, yeah, I'm very great. excited. I, I I loved your story, and I, I gush. I, I should warn you now. I gush, um, and I will cut you off to gush about how awesome your story is. Well, we'll try not to be quite that. Uh, I will try not to be quite that rude. Uh, but, but I warn you, I, I will gush. Um, before oh, we you. talk, yeah, your story is so good. But before we talk about it. I have a very important food-related question for you. And yeah. that question is, what is your favorite comfort food? My favorite comfort food is my mother's milanesas, schnitzels. Mm. Um, yeah, and she makes it with uh, pude. Um, it's, it's just like childhood. It just brings childhood memories. Um, milanesas, pude, and ensalada, like just... <laughs> It's very simple, but I love it. It just reminds me, um, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, um, schnitzels, and that's usually beef schnitzels, um, mashed potatoes, and a salad. That's just my most comfort food. I love it. It's it's childhood on a plate. Yeah, it is. And it was like special moments because – we grew. I grew up in a single parent household, and my mother worked three jobs um, and studied. And I don't know how she did it, and raised two daughters on her own. Um, and so we didn't get to have schnitzels very often. So for me, it was like uh, extra, like it was like a topping on the cake kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, we it's usually, like a hug. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was the best. It was like we knew Mum had extra money to buy beef that week and so <laughs> we were you know rewarded with her beautiful milanesas which are the best they're the best i'm sorry <laughs> no one can beat them <laughs> well, well there you go folks shots fired um natalia's mom has the best there is and yeah you, you're gonna have to find her if you want to fight her about it um <laughs> So thank you for sharing that. Food is such a, a a cultural, basic thing in our lives, and it gives people just a way to connect because there's nothing more wonderful than than food, really, um, to bring people together, to, to, to share connections, and to show who you are. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I should. I also want to let listeners know that this is a, a a podcast in real life. So occasionally you might hear Natalia's daughter in the background, but she's yeah. an author in the making. So this is her audition um, for the podcast. Well, we'll see her again in another uh, ten years or so. Hopefully, yeah. So now that we we know a little bit more about you about food let let's talk about your writing and and I would love to hear how long you've been writing yeah so I've been writing ever since I migrated to Australia um, 
Um, yeah, so I migrated um, when I was eight years old to Australia um, and I didn't speak English, um, even though I was born in Australia, but my parents migrated back to Uruguay when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did all my schooling and everything there. Um, and when I came back to Australia when I was eight, I only spoke Spanish. And so to help me learn to speak English, um, they gave me a diary. And they told me to write it in Spanish and then I, the one, my ESL teacher would help me translate everything into English. And that's how oh. I started writing. Yeah, that's how I started. That's amazing. What a great idea. Well, and, and now here you are writing beautiful stories like, like this one. And before we talk about that a little, I, I know this is, this is a fictional story. It, it, do you focus on fiction? Do you write a little poetry or nonfiction on the side? Uh, what, what's, your, what's your story? Well, I started writing um, memoirs, so in a diary, um, mm-hmm. and I still do. Um, all my published pieces on SBS Voices are memoir. Um, mm-hmm. I write poetry as well. So I've had uh, a poem published with Puentes Review um, and another one in Kindling Sage. Um, and, yeah, and fiction. But I do, I do enjoy fiction because um, I get to utilise um, – my memories and um, and characters that I I, I actually um, confront in life, and then I just explore that through fiction. Um, so I, I do enjoy fiction because it's there's no limit to it. <laughs> you can do yeah. um, whatever you like with it. Yeah, you can add poetry to fiction. Uh, you can make it prose. You can you know mix in the memoir and yeah. There's a lot of freedom in it. I, I will admit. Yeah. Yeah, and if exactly. if you take something from your your regular life and it didn't go the way you liked it to, hey, yeah, you can change it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can explore so anything there. <laughs> exactly, you can explore anything. Sky's the limit. And and this piece, it's funny because I it, they say there's truth in fiction, and I felt like this piece, even though it is fiction, it just had so many uh, details. So it was so personal. In its, yeah. in its fictive nature, if that's even a phrase that one can use. I'm using it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I would love to hear just like your process. What, what was the idea that sparked this and your process of writing it? So um, this is actually my first published piece. Um, and I I'm wrote it first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, um, I first wrote it at, Many, many years ago um, when my grandmother uh, passed away, um, but I wrote, mm-hmm. um, I wrote it as a poem um, and then I, I kept it there in the drawer for a really long time. Um, and then uh, when I joined Sweatshop Literacy Movement, um, I submitted it and she said, oh, can we expand this and turn it into a short fiction piece? And mm-hmm. so I did and that's how I, I started um, exploring that poem and and yeah and that's how I ended up writing the the piece but it was a poem it was oh it was very short it was um I say half a page it was a very very short poem mm-hmm. that just explored my grandmother's mattress because um when I went to go empty my my grandmother's house after she passed away I I just saw the indentation of the mattress at, like of her body in the mattress and I just kept thinking about it and I just wrote about it yeah yeah and that that to me that's the central image 
was so beautiful and it it really was was distinctive just this idea of of that last that last hug of of laying yeah. in the in the mark of the mattress and at the yeah. very end where when both the character and her mother just decide to be there even though Awala's spirit isn't there she she's gone but they're there sort of just hanging out and it's it's that beauty in, in the way that you conveyed grief and the connection that that was there between between the granddaughter and the grandmother and and just I felt that so much. Oh, thank you. Like there are these little details. It just I'm gushing, seeing I'm talking over <laughs> you to do it. I warned you, it's gonna happen. Um, and and listeners, you're hearing me, Russell, because I, I I printed this out and I I I can believe that this started out as poetry and you sort of kept that 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 feeling that lyricism in some of the details going like when you're talking about Oella's fingers are old and brittle like driftwood yeah. that you that that was beautiful when we're talking about her her voice being uh, being deep and raspy and the way that that she smells i mean everybody has a, a has a distinct smell and i i think especially as as family members there are things that that we remember yeah. about our about our family i mean just all of that yeah all of that was so beautiful thank you and how you you just you took that mother and she's she's trying to just get a thing done. Yeah. And and a lot you know, it's just just clean that room. <laughs> yeah. Clean the room. But but then that moment of pause where it's okay, let's let's pull back and and just just feel the grief, really. Yeah. And that that was beautiful. So I, I would love just to hear did did you feel like when you were expanding it, did it take a lot of drafts to get there? Yes. Did this all come out mostly in one go? No, lots of lots drafts. Lots of drafts. Um, uh, yeah, because I obviously I was fictionalizing it, so um, I didn't yeah. want it to be exactly as it was, um, and and yeah, it just took a lot of drafts. And also, it was a, a, quite an emotional piece because um, I just had to go yeah. back into the moment when we were looking through my grandmother's belongings and, um, and yeah, and just, yeah, it just, it, when it's something is you're emotionally connected to it, it takes a little longer for me to write um, because you, you, you write it once and then you're like, no, that doesn't do it justice. And you write it. And I just kept redrafting. Sometimes it was just changing one word um, like the, the brittle mm-hmm. wood um, that, that was changed quite, a few times until I got that. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So for me, when it's, when it's an emotional piece, it just takes me a little longer. I have to think about it a bit more. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that, that makes sense there. I've heard that from, from other writers and I've experienced it myself where you may underwrite it and then you might overwrite it and you still would, might be having those gaping holes where it's, it's hard to see it because you're in it at all at the same time. Because when you're but, attached to it, it's also harder to kill your mm-hmm. darlings. So like, because you're exactly. so attached to it because it's a, a piece that comes from um, a person that ex- used to exist in your life. Um, yeah. It, it's harder to kill your darlings because you're like, Oh no, I, I, but this is so true about it, but it's not part of the story. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. yeah. I know those darlings. <laughs> They're great darlings. Yeah. 
it, it is it is the age old issue for writers. How do you how do you kill those those sentences that are just perfect, but they perfectly are out of place in in the thing that you're trying to tell. Yeah. Oh, well, this this is lovely. I I love that. I would also love to hear as this is a fictionalized actual account, it, we, we don't often have the chance to, to tell our readers, this is what I hope you take from this piece that I've written. But here you are on the podcast with people who have listened to you already uh, read this story. And here's your opportunity. Is, is there a, a thought or a feeling or an idea that you would love your, your readers to take from the piece that you wrote? I believe, and my grandmother and my will have believed as well, that when someone passes, they never really pass because they live in you, um, in your DNA, in your memories, um, in mm-hmm. every object, in every story you tell. So that's what I wanted to, for the reader to be left with, to know that even though, yes, the, the mattress, whilst, whilst I was laying in her mark and then I moved and and you know the the mold, the shape of her body was no longer there because i i made my own impression onto the mattress mm-hmm. she still existed like she was still there she's forever there for me yeah and that's that's what i feel that's what i wanted people to to get from it but it's okay it, you know once you you write something it's no longer yours anymore it's you know the interpretation is for the reader and whatever they get from it is it's uh, as long as they're connecting with it, it's I'm happy. <laughs> Absolutely, and and again, people are going to take what they need from it. I do exactly. think it's a it's just a beautiful exemplification, though, of that there will there was always a, a piece of her that that continues, and that for people who may have lost folks, especially during the pandemic, um, yeah. they're they're not gone as no. long as as there are people telling the stories. Yeah. <sighs> And it's a lovely thought, especially as a, as a storyteller, uh, as you are. So thank you mm-hmm. for sharing this story. Even if it's fictionalized, there's that grain of truth there. And it's, it's lovely to hear. Well, I, I feel so, I still, I still love the story so much. Oh, thank you for coming. I, and I know well, that. Thank you so much. Other people are going to want to read more of your work. Is there a place where somebody can can keep track of the things that you're producing, publishing, uh, just in general follow your career? Um, So you can follow me on my socials. Um, Instagram is at Ms. underscore Figueroa underscore Barroso. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Nat Figbar. And I've got an Insta bio um, link, which is... um, link tree uh, sorry link tree but it's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e and then um forward slash natalia figueroa barroso but you can Wonderful. find that all in my in my socials <laughs> well and listeners if you don't have a pen or other writing instrument i will have these links in the show notes yeah thank you so much natalia for coming for for sharing your story for sharing thank the story you. of your writing career I really enjoyed having you on. Yes, me too.